Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer one of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom convo. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. I'm Mike Vardy, and this is a bonus episode of a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Now, I'm just going to get right into it. There's going to be no theme music, none of that stuff. I want to get right to the goods here because I want to get momentum going right out of the gate. And that's frankly what I'm talking about with my friend Charlie Gilkey on this bonus episode. This is the audio version of a live stream that we did on my YouTube channel to talk about the Momentum app, which is something that Charlie's been working on for quite a while now. Him and his team at Productive Flourishing have started to put this thing together And I wanted to make sure I shared it with you because I've known Charlie for years. He's a good friend of mine. 
And I wanted to ask him some of the tough questions. You know, like, why do we need another productivity app? Among other things. Now, there's going to be some inside baseball stuff that you're probably here because we're two old friends having a productive conversation. And we're productivity geeks to boot. But I wanted to share this with you because there are still a couple of days left to contribute to the Kickstarter campaign for the Momentum app. All the links you'll need are in the show notes. So I encourage you to check it out wherever you are listening to podcasts. Just go to the Kickstarter app even and you can find it in there. There's only a couple days left for you to contribute. The campaign ends on February 3rd, 2022. And I can't wait to see what the app looks like, what happens with this Momentum app. It's it's an exciting time to be building something like that. And I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to chat with Charlie about it. So without further ado, here is a productive conversation between myself, Mike Vardy, and my good friend, Charlie Gilkey. Enjoy. Charlie, thanks for taking the time to be here today. You've got this. Okay, so we're going to get real here because we've been friends for a long time. I saw from Corey, who's also a friend of mine, who works with you at Productive Flourishing, uh, as things were building up, months and months ago, I started to see some stuff coming out of his Facebook feed, like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, what are they doing at Productive Flourishment? Like, you didn't really, you were very quiet about it. Um, I mean, if I had asked you, you would have told me, but I was like, let's just, let, let's be part of the mystery here. And then all of a sudden, bam, uh, a Kickstarter gets launched for an app, the Momentum app. So first off, let's, let's, can you tell me a bit about the Momentum app uh, because again, people can go check it out. It's it's already been it's already reached it's 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 happening. You've hit mm-hmm. the you've hit the you've hit the mark, which is great. Uh, but there's still lots of stretch goals and stuff to be hit. So can you share a little bit about um, like the elevator pitch for the Momentum app? Yeah. So Momentum is a planner app that gets your schedules, your goals, and mm-hmm. um, your projects all in one place, right? And so it's built from the methodology that we use in our momentum planners, which are you know physical planners, we have a digital version, we have smaller cards, um, and it really um, the methodology is based on using some constraints and having you be choosy upfront and using that to drive your projects and your goals and things like that. So um, that's really what it is. You can also consider it's like a productivity coach in your pocket. Right, because it, it makes all those things that if you do all those things that if you talk to like me and Mike are gonna be like, Hey, so let's talk about how many projects you're carrying and let's theme your days and let's, you know, do some time blocking and let's make sure that your plans match your schedule and your schedule matches reality and that you're making good commitments with yourself. Um so that's what momentum is. All right, so now I'm gonna get into the, the nitty gritty. All right, so so uh, you and I, you and I have studied our fair share of productivity apps over the years. We've mm-hmm. tried, tried them all. Um, and my, it begs the question, why do we need another one? Yeah. I'm glad we just jumped right into it. Right. In the sense. And so I'll say this two things. We've been doing this about a decade, right, Mike? Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. If we not were more. Saying the same yeah. thing a decade ago. Yeah. We, we were. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little bit wiser. Of- Actually, it's funny. I just got off a call with, uh, with, uh, Prashant Nair who, um, uh, Nair, who who runs the stack method, talking about email. I'm, I mean, th- that email management system is is killer. It's absolutely killer. And I'm like, so I'm still learning. That's the great thing. Once you you've been in this for a long enough time, you learn. You're still learning about this stuff. And 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 there's the nuance around productivity uh, th- that that you can only get from spending enough time in the space. Precisely, precisely. And so I say that because for about anything that we do, like I've also written a book on productivity, same question, really, we need another one? We really need another leadership book? It's an obvious question to ask. But when we look at it, we let's be real, Mike, if you're watching this live, Mike, myself, we're still looking for that app. Yeah, right? So we know there are a bunch, but we're still looking. So that's one thing to think about. Two, I am the most reluctant app developer you're ever going to find because I put this off for like five or six years because as an expert I've been saying the same things like there's already so many great tools and yet our audience kept coming back with our planners and like hey will you make an app out of this yeah make an app out of this Mm -hmm. make an app out of this and at a certain point it's just stubborn like I don't want to do it or I'm scared that it came down to when you have that many people when you have three to five people a week asking you to make an app over this product that you're selling at a certain point, you got to really think, think hard about why you're saying no. Okay. But aside from those sort of landscape sort of things, um, what our take on what we're doing with momentum is actually doing the opposite of what so many apps do, because let's think about it, Mike, so many apps give you an infinite space 
to type in an infinite number of to-dos and ideas, and then you have to do the work as the user to do the constraining and the parsing and figuring out what things are going into the chunking. So, yep. at, so momentum actually reverses that. And it uses some of the principles that we use in our momentum planners and then start finishing, like the five projects rule. And so you'll get a nudge when you start loading, you know, seven projects for this week. You know, you'll get a nudge from the app and be like, hey, you know, five is usually what we recommend to people. Do you really want to do seven? Um, and in its fullest form, it's going to say, oh, by the way, your track record is about three a week right. of completed projects. What's different this week? <laughs> right? um, and so... Yep. It's really embracing that all the way through and through. And it's also looking at how do you do time blocking or what some have started to call hyper scheduling. Yep. How do you look at, you know, when you say you're going to do these projects, you know, Monday, you're going to do these three things. How does that actually end up on your calendar? So here's, so here's a question. All right. So, so, and, and I think this is, this is when you say about building, you know, when we talk about that, there's never been the perfect app for us. I think, I think the, the, ultimate thing that you're doing with momentum and it's the thing that I think has been missing is the productivity coach in a pocket is the the AI is there now I think where it can go oh here are the patterns and that's really what this all boils down to here are the patterns we forget because life is moving at a pace that you know we have hard time keeping up with because again the 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 demands externally are getting our attention way more than our internal intentions are are you know able to not only vie for but keep up with yeah. and so what it's interesting the momentum app from from what i gather and I'm, I'm i know i'm going to get a chance to look at it and all that stuff and the planner i mean the, i know your philosophy as well we, we've been friends for a long time is it's such an interesting thing to say momentum but there's stops to get because it's not like it's not about like keeping going and they're like oh crap how'd i get here it's about like hold on are you going the right direction hold on are you good because um, so there's a bit of a, of, of a, I wouldn't say misnomer, but, a, but an interesting paradox of like the momentum app asks you to hold on for a second. Yeah. Are you going in the right direction? Right. Precisely. Precisely. And it uses, you know, time-based adaptive planning, you know, which is what we, in a way of what we call the momentum planning method. Like it'll nudge you like, Hey, it's time to do a weekly review. Have you done it? <laughs> right. And I know there are other apps like OmniFocus that do it, but it doesn't focus in the same way, no pun intended, that momentum does. Or when you roll over in, you know, like the 28th of the month, it's like, hey, time to like confirm your monthly projects and time to like, really think about what you're doing because that is really where we get momentum. So it's right. not that it doesn't get you momentum. It's how you get it, right? Right. And we know, Mike, as, you know, entrepreneurs, as creatives, as productivity, um, you know, strategists, um, well, my experience is that when you learn to really weave quarter size projects into the next quarter size project and really make that coherent and choose the right one, that's where you really do get serious momentum in your work, in your career, in your life. There are not a lot of apps for individuals that help you do that. Right. 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 Um, and so, I mean, we can go to like High Five. We can think of some of the OKR tools that are really for teams that might help businesses do that, but those are way too heavy and not really what we individual users. And they're still, really well, and the other thing is they're still so um, misunderstood in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. You know, KPIs, OKRs, most people go, wait, wait, what, what are the, how do I know what a, it, again, it comes back to, but we know that even rudimentary things like tasks are often misunderstood. I was listening to something the other day. Um, oh man, I can't remember. I think it was Ryan holiday who's saying, Robert Green said that your life's task, what is your life's task? And I'm, I'm like, and, and, and he explained it. And I'm like, in the real sense of the term task, <laughs> that's not what it is. It's yeah, more of a myth. on that one. Yeah, right. But well, yeah, you have to, and it's, again, go back to the David Allen idea of like, there's no such thing as a subtask. I agree. There is no such thing as a subtask, but that doesn't matter if I agree or not, because it's, it's the same thing if I don't agree whether what life's task is. So, how do you how do you make this app pliable, flexible enough for people to be able to go into it and say, I need this to be, I need to inf, inf, in, kind of infiltrate it with the way that I have some understanding, but also get them to go, you know, get them retrained or to break some of their biases and beliefs along the way. Like what are some of the things that this app will, will, will do to help kind of break some of that? 
Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing is the basic problem. How does it? How does a new user come in and use it without swallowing the methodology whole? Fair enough. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fair <laughs> enough. Right. And so part of it is our onboarding experience that we're going to create that's really going to help people focus on um, either choosing their own adventure when it comes around, you know, mm -hmm. let's build a weekly plan for yourself or let's build a monthly plan, just depending yep. upon where you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some really intuitive frameworks we have, again, like the five projects rule, no more than five projects per time perspective that we're already leveraging that we're already been using. Now, where I know people are going to get frustrated, and this is the productivity coach coming out of yep. me, is it's going to mirror the real constraints in your life, right? You're going to have to make some choices um, to use it. And we're going to use nudges more so than straight, like, you know, we have to be careful here because if we say you can't have any more than five projects, then it's going to be hard for people to use, right? Right. If we give them infinite spaces, they get more of what they kind of got, right? With, you know, yep. at a certain point in almost every productivity tool, there's a point in which most users have to go bankrupt and start all over again. Right. Because right? they've added so much and haven't sorted so much that they got to start over. Okay. Um, but through the use of onboarding and nudges and having it be flexible enough that you could use it the way that works for you, but not so flexible that the worst parts of you get take hold is what we're trying to do. And I'm going to be honest with, with this, Mike, this is an evolving app mm -hmm. and I don't exactly know what's going to best serve people on this one, but we're using more of a community garden design principle, meaning like we're going to put some things out there, plant it, let the community use it, which is why, how we've always done things and yep. then lift and shift like, Oh, we thought this was going to help them. They hate it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to do that. Um, or they hate it for the wrong reasons. Now, that's where, you know, all software is opinionated. Let's let's be real about that. All sure it software is. Sure. Tell yeah, you yeah. Something about you, you also need that. Yeah. You, you also need an opinion. Otherwise, you just get another visual layer on top of a database, yep. which unfortunately is what most productivity apps are. You take a database, you put a new visual layer on top of it, and you call it a new product. Sorry. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and so there's a hating it in the wrong way. What I mean is hating the constraints that it plus, that that it nudges you about, mm -hmm. but the app is showing you your reality. Like, well, and if you hate that, then actually I'm going to ask at the general level, technology aside, app aside, how is not accepting constraints working for you? Right, right. Well, the other thing is, is I think that it's interesting to figure out who the app is for too, mm -hmm. because there are lots of people that will use tools like Notion. Let's use, let's, let, I mean, as soon as you mentioned like, you know, something that's got layers on top of layers, Notion is, to me, I, I mean, and again, nothing against Notion. Um, Notion is today's Evernote in a lot of ways. Correct. Right? You know what I mean? It, it's definitely more, I mean, with technology, it's, it's, it's vastly more flexible than Evernote, mm -hmm. but they're taught people are talking about notion the same way they used to talk about Evernote right. without a doubt. Um, and then there's other software apps. Like, I mean, again, I love Todoist, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you are, what's great is what's great about some of these tools is that you can infuse your own workflow onto it. But the problem, and this is what we're going to get to is, and, 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 and you know, exactly is garbage in garbage out. You put right. the wrong framework on it. Then what it does is, and actually this is, this is interesting because yesterday, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fanboy a bit yesterday, uh, today, but yesterday, um, I, I saw John Cena do an interview on the Drew Barrymore show. Okay. And he talked about how he used Twitter mm -hmm. and he said that he uses Twitter to declare things to create accountability for himself. One of the things he says, he goes, I tell my wife, I love her. He goes, she, I don't need to tell her that she knows that, but by putting it out there, I'm creating accountability. Yeah. The reason I, and by, and by the way, I followed him and then he followed me on Twitter. And so now we're besties, oh, but man. <laughs> Hold on. Mm. okay, that's the real, that's the real story. But actually the real story <laughs> is that, is that when people use a tool like mm -hmm. notion to doist click up, whatever, and the tool doesn't work for them, they blame the tool. Yeah. And why you need to have a framework and what I, that's why David Allen tried to create a, a getting things done software at, like he had partnerships and stuff like that. I mean, th this is well documented. Um, but if you're not following getting things done, then it won't work. Right. Uh, so you either have, you have to make a choice. You either go, I'm going to use this tool 
And if put my own framework in, and if I already know a bunch of people love this tool, it's working for them. Why isn't the tool working for me? Well, you got to look this way. Conversely, if you're using a framework and it's in the, a tool that doesn't allow it to flourish, then you got to look at, well, the, 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 the framework works for a whole bunch of different people. Why isn't it working? Oh, it's the tool. And what, you've, what you're doing with momentum is you're saying, I want to try to bridge that gap a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to bridge that gap without a draconian sort of framework that's too rigid for especially our creative people to thrive in, mm -hmm. right? But also not loose enough for them to be on the same struggle bus they're currently in, right? right? right. And so that's, again, going back to sort of thinking of it as a productivity tool in your pocket, right? Yeah. Is it's going to have a lot of the nudges, especially as it gets smarter and better as we develop it on and along. It's like, you know, I'll give an example. Yeah. It's like yesterday um, we had team training time for team PF and we mm -hmm. just do this routinely like, Hey, let's touch on some of these workways that we have or um, workways. that's a whole other conversation we'll need to have. Um, and it was about verb noun constructs in their to-do list. So Mike, you'll love this little <laughs> Yep. Right. And I was like, so while we're talking about Asana, let's talk about this whole verb noun construct thing. Because if I go into Asana and I see your task and it's just a noun, like, you know, Bill. YouTube live with Mike. Or Bill. I'm going to be like, what are we doing? Are <laughs> yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. that? Are we recording that? Publishing it? Like, what's going on? Like, put a verb in front of that. Yep, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Do you have that? Okay. So here's real quick. It, you have to do that momentum. Are you making it Not so yet, that because we don't have the we don't have a you don't have the oh I, I I know where you're gonna go okay so let me let me be let, I didn't mean to cut you off but I think that what what you're what you need is you need data to figure out the most common verbs so that way it makes it removes some of the friction right it removes some of the frictions right and so we need to program that and say hey what are verbs and what does semantic when you see a task does it have any verbs in it <laughs> right right uh, right 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 right. And so that way it starts to help people. Now you might decide, and this is where we have to be careful as developers, because if we make it over optioned or over complex, then like people have to figure out a whole lot, but you might decide, you know what? I don't need that nudge reminding me about verbs. Like I know where y'all are coming from, but I got my own thing going mm -hmm. and it just works for me. Okay. You can turn that nudge off. It's like, right? it's like natural language and Todoist. I turned that off a long time ago because uh, I remember working with some clients in, in, I think it was in Washington, D.C. or New York, and there's streets that are Fifth Avenue and, you know, 10th and 8th. And if you're trying to input an address in Todoist and you've got natural language enabled, it's going to go, oh, you want to do this on the 8th? No, I want to do this on 8th, 8th Avenue. Like, so there are some instances where AI won't know. Like, it, it's, it just knows what it knows, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, but it's helpful to have that nudge. And so at the team thing, I was like, Hey, team, look, I know sometimes you just go on a brainstorming tear and you're just thinking about all the things you knew and you just need to input it in whatever language comes to your, your potentially or functionally ADHD brain in that moment. Right. But when you go back and process it and think from the perspective of what if I read this three weeks from now, or what if a teammate reads it from now, it turns out having that verb is super helpful. So it's kind of things like that, that we're building into momentum where it's like, Hey, you don't absolutely have to do that. We're not going to be those potent, those folks. But we are going to nudge you yeah. and say, hey, this is just best practice. It works. Try this out. See how it works for your brain. Um, when you think about, I mean, you talked earlier about like, I resisted this, I resisted this, I resisted this. Um, was partly the reason you resisted it, not just because there's so many out there, but you wanted to be very clear about the framework to the point where you could draw the line in the sand a little bit more? Um. So it turns out, yes, I am a, that sort of adaptive teacher and product creator that um, I go into most things from the beginning thinking I'm wrong, mm. right? Um, until I get enough body of evidence. And like, actually, this principle works for most people. Right. So I can say as a general universal principle, understanding there are no universals except for that one, this works well. So that was part of it. But part of it, Mike, is I knew because way back, we, you and I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but way back when I first started, I tried my hand at learning, developing, and frameworks and things like that. I so didn't know, I had yeah. that in the background. In yeah, the back I didn't know that. Head, and I'm like, to build this app the way that it needs to be, it's going to be really expensive. Mm -hmm. First off, right? Yep. Second off, um, yes, I did need that clear point of view that was different, right? Um, and generally, I use a pull methodology about anything I create. Like, I wait until enough people ask me to create a thing until I create a thing. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things going on. But yeah, absolutely. It was like, how is this going to be different than OmniFocus? How is this going to be different than Trello? How is this going to be different than all the other tools, which, by the way, I've also helped people use? Yeah. Right? And so, again, field experience comes in a lot because by the, it's, it's the same reason start finishing exists, Mike. You do know this, right? Mm-hmm. It's because by the time you start looking at everything out there, you're like, well, do this, but don't do that. Or you got to do it this way or do it this way. At a certain point, you're like, look, here's just the way that you can do this. Like, right. here's the template. Right. <laughs> right. Um, without all the exceptions. So, yeah, it, I am. I'm, I got into this as a scholar and academic, mm-hmm. which means that I'm always like, someone's thought about this before. Someone's done this work before. So don't assume from the very beginning that you have the next best idea because mm-hmm. it's probably already out there. But again, after a decade and change of doing this, and having to solve the same problems over and over and over in other software, it became a certain point where it's like, how about we just build the software that we keep telling people to hack everything else to be? What's the delight factor? Like if you're looking at the, the app, there's got to be something that you saw when it was being developed. Like, ah, chef's kiss. Like, there's, is there one for you that's like, chef's kiss, this is the delight factor. This is maybe not something you've not seen anywhere else, but the way we're doing it is just. Um, yeah, I'm glad you asked this question. Um Part of it is, and I really hope, you know, Mike will link up for some things and oh, yeah. it's going to be exciting to see, but being able to look at the app itself, and it was in the mobile version, which is what we started. We pivoted to start with the web app, mm-hmm. but being able to see a productivity app that was focused and calm by default, like there were no bunch of like red notifications telling you you're three weeks behind. There wasn't anything bugging you is like top down. Here's your theme for the day or the week. Mm-hmm. Here are your five projects. Here's your schedule, right? Right. In the in the way that some of our brains work, I won't say everyone's brain works that way, but just being able to see that without and know that the user is not going to go through seventeen different Frankensteinian hacks to make it look that way, mm-hmm. right? I was like, that's it. Um, the other thing that we built in, um, and it's going to get better and better as we you know get further along, is streaks in the app saying being able to say, hey you've completed all of your tasks this week. You completed all of your projects this week and having the animation show that and building in that dopamine loop. So instead of people scrolling on Twitter or Facebook to get a hit, mm-hmm. you can actually look at the app that reminds you, this is the great things that you've done. The other thing that we're really, um, I'm really opinionated about. So we're really opinionated now it turns out is um, not automatically removing the things that you've done. You know, yeah, you yeah, yeah. A lot of tasks, it's like you click on it, it disappears. Yep. And so you only see what you haven't done, which unfortunately feeds into a pernicious psychology we have in productivity that we, it's a Zegnarak effect, yep. right? We only pay attention to the open loops Yep. and we put asymmetric attention on those. But being able to look at the app and be able to say like, look, here are the three things you've already done today. Here are the two you have remaining just builds in that positive psychology from the very top so that you're not always stressed the hell out when you look at your app, but more feel like, wait a second, I am in fact building momentum. Mm-hmm. I'm making better choices. Um, seeing what we're going to be doing on streaks to where you see like, Hey, you do your weekly review. You've gotten over the last five weeks, you've done four out of five of your weekly projects. Like great job. Mm-hmm. Reinforcing what you've done with positive, Again, positive psychology, positive feedback loop, as opposed to what we see, unfortunately, in most apps, which is the immediate thing you log on and you see a bunch of red and a bunch yep. of stuff you have not done. Yep. And a bunch um, of, and a bunch of, because we overestimate what we can do in a day. Yeah. Right? And then so. you have to look at the app and be like, oh, is that, a, you know, we don't, most non-nerds like us don't think this way, but it, like, is that, a, is that a day size task? You know what I mean? Yeah, right? oh, I know, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that uh, going to take me two weeks? No, I don't know. But having the app help you appropriately scale and scope what size task and projects you're doing mm-hmm. um, based upon the time frame that you're looking at. So as as we were talking about this, a couple things came to mind. Number one, momentum. We've we've touched on it a little bit. The idea of momentum and stopping, and uh, you know, like the idea of the pause. Kind of, I mean, I was thinking about this as I look in my background and see the Bengals helmet. It's a lot like a football game, right? Like, I mean, you don't, very rarely do you go down the field in one fell swoop. You know, you you have to, I mean, there's 30, what is it, 25 to 35 seconds of pause between plays. Right. Right? Um, No matter what side of the ball you're on, right? Um, And, you know, how the choices you make determine how far you go. 
Mm-hmm. So if you think about it in the in that context, uh, it makes a lot. It's not like you know, I mean, basketball or or hockey or whatever, where it's just constant, constant, constant. You need a timeout. I mean, because that's where mistakes get made. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, I'll go from the Canadian perspective, where a guy blows out a tire as he's skating down and it trips trips over the blue line. They say, which of course the blue line is actually not. You can't trip on it. It's part of the ice. But uh, and then the other player grabs it, goes down the ice, scores on a breakaway, and you're like, well, that wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, but you have to keep the you have to keep the puck moving. Like that's the whole point. Um, whereas with football, it's like, okay, we've had our play. Let's get back to the line of scrimmage. Let's have a huddle. Let's move forward. So I, I think that how you think about momentum it, it is, again, words matter, right? Words matter a lot. And even, even in basketball, even in soccer, in games that look like they're constantly go, go, go. Yeah. When they're at the free throw line, they're plotting, they're calling plays. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, when they when the ball changes over, they're doing that, or the team captain is calling plays. Well, well the the, the last the last few minutes of a of a of a football game or a basketball game in particular, you're like, there's only three minutes left. Yeah, but everyone, there's these thirty seconds. Like, there's so many timeouts. I mean, it's near the end. The outcome is near. We are going to take a bunch of breaks. Soccer. It's because the field is so bad, so mad. The pitch, rather, is so big. I've only recently started watching soccer thanks to the fact I can actually put my last name on the back of a jersey for the first time and have it be related to a professional athlete. Thank you, Jamie Vardy of Leicester City. Go Foxes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I could say that that like there is like it's not just like let's kick the ball down the pitch and, and get it. No, there's each each positional area player, all that stuff, there's roles. There's ways they play. There's the reason that, I mean, the midfielder can be the most dangerous person. And people go, oh, the strikers. No, 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 no. The midfielder can be the most absolute dangerous person on, on the pitch. So, but but yeah, at first blush, especially if you don't know anything about it, you're like, oh my God, the striker, that's the most important. Like, that's the part. The striker and the goalkeeper. Beginning end, they're the most important. No, 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 no. So, yeah, yeah. Which is why, like, people who watch American football know that as much attention as we pay on the quarterback, it's actually quarterbacks, not the end all be all of a team. Right. Right. You don't have a good line. Anyways, too many sports metaphors. No, 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 no. But, but the but, point, yeah, the words matter. Like the understanding, the more you understand something, the more you, and again, I think real life, and I know you meant like sports metaphors. Yeah. It's one of the places I naturally go to because I'm a sports fan, but bringing real life, real world examples into our world is something that we both like doing because it makes a lot of stuff. You bring mil- you you brought military stuff into it because that's where your background is, right? So yeah, I think yeah. bringing that in allows people to relate to it better and break some of those biases and beliefs and, and myths that exist, right? Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I'm thinking hard about with with uh, momentum is, especially when it comes to over opinionated software, they posit this way in which ideal rational people would work, right? And then build the app to do that, right? And I'm like, how do we build an app based upon the way people actually work, but give them helpful nudges and choice architectures that help them make better choices for themselves? Again, better defined not the way that Charlie defines it, but better in a sense of the work driving your life and your work the way you want it to be driven, right? Um, we know, well, I'm a morning person, so Mike, you'll make the translation for me because you always do. <laughs> As a morning person, I know that morning Charlie writes a lot of checks that mid-afternoon Charlie cannot cash. Right? Uh-huh. Monday Charlie writes a lot of checks. Friday Charlie is not going to be able to deal with, right? I know that about myself. And so I know that I need some helpful constraints to be like, you know what? I've got a lot of energy today. I got a two-shot or two shot cappuccino today. I'm going to get a lot done. going to get about the same amount done as normal, turns out. <laughs> Right. 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 Over the course of most days, the caffeine is not going to make that much difference. How do how does how do the tools that I use and the frameworks that I use and the paradigms I accept for myself reflect how I'm actually going to do things, not how overcaffeinated Charlie thinks he's going to do things? Because overcaffeinated, overmorning Charlie creates a lot of suffering for a holistic Charlie. So we got people watching live. Wes, mm-hmm. good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I've just dropped in the chat the link to Momentum. Um, so be sure to check it out. Well, it'll be in the description as, and stuff as well and, and comments and all that stuff. Another question I wanted to bring up was integration because 
and you've heard me talk about this before again geeking out a bit i've talked about the idea of the productivity gestalt right like the old transformers from back in the 80s which my son is now super into as well which makes me a very happy dad um I think his favorite combiner is the Dinobots, which never used to combine when I was a kid. So my mine were the Aerialbots. Yeah, they combine now. Aerialbots. The Aerial the Aerialbots like were, were too nerdy together. Yeah, yeah. Again, we but, need to hang out at Costco. <laughs> but the point is, why I bring that up again? Voltron is a good example too. The idea of like the five things come together, or the six things come together, to become a more powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So in productivity, there's like. There's the calendar, there's the to-do list, there's the note-taking app, there's the habit tracking, there's the email because it is part of the process. In terms of integration, what does momentum bring? Does it integrate? Does it, is that planned? Does it bring it to the table? Does it integrate things within it? Like, I loved it. Like, is it a black lion and the other ones are kind of like the 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 appendages? Like, how does it, how does that work? Yeah, so here's my view on it. It's in this day and age of technology, you can't have a um, single app that tries to do everything. Right. Right. Um, so there are some essential integrations that we know and are already planned. Like it's got to have calendar integration. Like it would be dumb for us to have this app and for there not to be two way sync with your calendar. Right. Right. Um, we know that it's going to need to have um, integrations with email and or Slack. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to need to say, how are people working? Where are they getting communication from? And how are we getting into that? Now, what we don't know is, and I'm just going to be honest about this, is how are people going to use this with a tool like Notion? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what journaling features do we break into the app? And what do we integrate with other apps? Right. Right. Um, right. I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, I know we're thinking about it because it's really what are our users using and what's going to make their life better. One of the things we're trying to do is walk that fine balance. And I'll pause here. Um, ha- creating balance software is, is troublesome, right? Because you're, there's a way in which you end up creating so many, um, so many balances and moderations that your app doesn't say anything and it just does, it, it fails to, to do anything. But, um, you know, what I'm looking at is how do I help our users? How do we design something that helps our users actually not have to use six different apps mm. to figure out what their workflow is? Right. That's the problem. Like a lot of people, since we referenced Notion, by the way, I'm a big Notion fan, even though it's not for me. Right. It's totally. Way, it's, it's way too ADHD neurodivergent for me. Like I have to do so much work to make it work for me. I'm and glad it exists. Let's put I'm it that glad way. It exists. Yep. I'm glad people love it. I'm also know that it's, hasn't been for me thus far. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of people have to bounce from say to doist to notion to their calendar, to Slack, to maybe Asana and try to piece together what their holistic day looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's not working for a lot of us, no. right? And so what we're doing with Momentum is thinking, okay, what are like the three things we got to put together? Your goals, your projects, and your schedule. Like, let's get those, you know, all working together. Now, where, what are the inputs for those things? Email, you know, Slack. Sure. Asana, those things like that. So um, because Momentum in its current iteration is going to be for persons, for people, right? And not for teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have those questions of how might this integrate with ClickUp? How might this integrate with Asana? And not try to replace what those tools do better, which is better for team management, sort of all that sort of jazz. Um, what we found from our users and the people we've talked to is that they use one set of tools and frameworks for their for planning their personal work yep. and another for planning their teamwork. Right. Or for collaborating with your team to be more precise. Yeah, and, and that that to me, I, I've always had people go, why would I remember someone said to me, like, why do you use to do a stand click up? I'm like, well, one's personal, one's professional. Well, why wouldn't you use both? I'm like, I need to make sure that I have separation of those two things. Yeah, I mean so not, we're not making that in. Yeah, not just in terms, by the way, not just in terms, didn't mean to cut you off there, but not just in terms of privacy, like there's certain things I don't need my team to see, but also in terms of resi- attention residue, as Cal Newport talks about. Like, I don't want to go, well, let me go into ClickUp to see my personal stuff. Oh, shoot, I forgot to do that thing. Or, oh, there's something else. Like, I don't need, and they're like, oh, but you just don't look at it. Oh, come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's going to happen. But the key is, and I think, and this goes back to the framework idea, is to go, okay, the framework that I bring to ClickUp, I can bring to Todoist as long as that framework works with both. And there's certain tools, Notion would be an example, I think, for me at least personally, where it's like, oh, I have to do too much to get that in there, so I'm not going to, for me personally. 
Um, Same. Right? So, so to that end, um, now I will ask, I'll be the, uh, because you, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. I used to write for the Cult of Mac. I used to do Next Web stuff. I mean, I had I had Windows open and I would do OmniFocus stuff. And, and I mean, I would I would study all these apps. That's how I knew that David Allen was developing something with intentional software. I actually got to talk to them about it. But um, does it have an open API? Does Momentum have an open API? Are you going to have it open? Are you going to have it closed? Is that something you've been thinking about? Because that's where some of that development will happen, right? Yeah. Um or is it Zapier and stuff like that where you're going to share with like, like how does that look? Or do you even, is that even just, that's a roadmap. We kind of know thing. that it's going to be Zapier friendly. Okay. How okay. open, open it is, is yet to be explored. Right. right? Um, and here's the funny thing, Mike, you know, this, I'm, I'm a non-technical founder in yes. the sense of like, when it comes to all the programming code and things like that, I'm like, I don't know, but here's what I do know. I want to, I want people to be able to, through tools like Zapier, build extensions that work for them, mm -hmm. right? And if Zapier protocol, Zapier API does that for us, great. If it needs to be more open AI, great, right? Yep. Um, I'm not opinionated about that piece, um, at least yet. My developers may um, convince me one way or the other, right? Because they'll make a good argument for pros and cons there. But principally, it's like, how do we... You, are, do you we want as many people, you want as many people to be able to use it as possible. Precisely, right? And use it in ways that works for them right. um, without making it, you know, without rounding so many corners and, you know, edges that we end up accidentally creating what's already out there, which is not serving people. So here's this, this leads to a really good question because, Let's get it. okay, because I think that with anything, sometimes people do change for change's sake. They innovate just because, and this, and again, I'm going to only offer my opinion on this. This often happens when stakeholders get involved, when uh, because change is seen as motion, and motion is and innovation is seen as oh well, we're doing something as opposed to it's like old Coke and new Coke, right? Like we got to change. If we're not doing this, then we're not doing anything. If we're not making any waves, then we're not then we're we're stagnant. So where. No, many people don't roadmap for this. They think about roadmap and they go and down this line and this line and this line. And I know that based on, I mean, again, the kind of stuff we talk about, we, we do think down the line, but do you have a, like, okay, this is where we don't need to go be like, do you have thoughts around that? Like where we go, this is where, this is how the app is. Like, this is where it lives and we're, we're, this is the core and we're not making any changes to it. Like, I think that's, that's something that a lot of people don't explore. They get caught up in the, if I'm not making changes, then it's dead. If it's not constantly evolving, then it's dead. I don't think that has to happen when that framework's prop in all likelihood. Yeah. Because people change, but the, but you know, certain things just don't need to change. Right. Yeah. Certain things don't need to change. So, um, I think whenever we start breaking so many methodologies that we know work just to make the app do something is where I'm going to be like, hold on y'all. Like, yeah. Mm -mm. Like it seems like um, we're changing just to change as opposed to changing in a way that supports our users. Right. Um, so that's one edge, you know, there's this edge um, where we know that there is a space in which there is likely to be enough people asking for a team version of momentum mm -hmm. that will change a lot of the paradigm. Sure. Right? That will change a lot of that. And I currently am not saying we are not doing the teams or we are doing the team version. Right. right. What I do know right now is we're going to focus on making this app for our customers and for the people who have demanded it to be and for this, this certain way to be. Um, but again, um, I'm not starting this because, you know, I didn't start the app because I was like, hey, I've got a cool app idea and I just want to do it, right? Right, right. Yeah, well, you said earlier, it's because people asked for it. People asked for it. And so as it comes to some of these changes, once I get some of the things baked into momentum that technology does best, like I know this really smart guy whose phrase I've stolen time and time again, is that, you know, um, your mind is a factory, not a warehouse, right? Um, and I want momentum to be the warehouse, but help you do some of the assembly, like to construct some of the assembly, but that's a uniquely human task that needs to be done. So how do we get the app to do all the factory stuff? How do we make it? So like, Mike, you'll like this, like easy auto deferring. So like you're looking at the daily view and you decide, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do that task or project today. Right. And you can hit defer and the app assumes that you want to defer it till tomorrow. 
And it assumes that if you've sequenced a project that you will want to stack and move everything else down the line. Mm. That might be the wrong choice, right? Um, yep. But that's hard to do in a lot of current apps because you move one thing and then just like, oh, crap, I got to get back into this and yep. it explodes on me. And so I'm like, most users, when we defer a project for a week, we typically want to say, I'm going to do that next week. Mm. And so it will lift and shift and move that for you with one click. Now, if you know that you just need to defer or punt it or you just move it off the list, you archive it and then it takes that entire project and all of its subtasks, I know, right? And puts that into the garden so that you're going to like, oh, I want to review that. And if you resurrect it or whatever term we use it, it pulls the entire thing back up and starts to sequence it for you because that's what computers do really, really well. Yep. But computers and technology can't make that fundamental choice of look at the world, say, do I have time to do this? Do I have the energy to do this? Do I have the interest to do this today? Yes or no. And make that choice. Well, and when you, uniquely and, human. And when you let them do it, there are consequences. There are consequences. Right? It's like, I mean, and again, to bring, it's like you end up going into, it's like bringing out the holiday lights and going, how are these all tangled again? I put them away and they were fine and now they're all tangled. It's just like, it, it's, this is, I'm excited for you, Charlie. Now, now, last question before I let you go. I just said how I'm feeling about how, what are your feelings? Like as you were getting, what's the wave that you felt as you've gone through this process from, we're going to, should we do this? This is something. Okay. We're going to do this. Oh, wow. Okay. We put a Kickstarter campaign together. Okay. This is, this is, this is a thing like that whole, like what's that ride been like? What some of the feelings, some of the thoughts, because that you're, I mean, again, start finishing you're almost, I mean, as we're, we're doing this live right now, and as if people are listening to this, it's like, we're in the, we're in the home stretch. What's that feeling like? And knowing full well, <laughs> this is the best part. You love finishing. Apps are never really finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta, for a guy like me, um, I have to accept this thing is never going to be done because it's a community garden as yeah. technology. And as the way we work changes, momentum is going to change with us. Okay. That's one thing. And the second one is, I know this might not work. Right. I know going into this marketplace where I'm like, you know, we got this new thing. It's different. We think it works. And enough people might be like, nope, I'm using what I'm currently doing and we fail. Right. Um, and there's a lot of money invested into this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of apprehension, a lot of anxiety, and yet resignation, positive resignation that this is where we're at and this is the right thing to do. Right. Um, we, you know, what we haven't talked, Mike, is we actually did get impact investing, um, or excuse me, we got funded through an impact investor for this. Yep, yep. So we have monies to develop it. We have some of the Kickstarter. So we have enough positive signals that people are liking what we're doing, and they at least believe in what we're doing and see what we're trying, right? Because we are trying to build a planner app that works for you, not an app that you have to work for, right? And... Um, it's going to be different. And so I'm excited about it. We're in the middle of our Kickstarter campaign. We've, we've accomplished a few goals. So I'm excited in that way. And one of the reasons I didn't do the app is because I was like, this is a different business model that cannibalizes my business model. And this is three to five years of my life, at least behind this. Yeah. Right. Um, and so while we're a year and some change into it, I know I've got at least another four, before I'll even be able to say, like, did it work? How's it going? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's fun. Well, and 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 I'm going to add a, a little corollary to it. Um, you've talked about the thrash before, right? Mm -hmm. How many experiences have you had of that so far? And we're, and we're, by the way, we're at the point where it's like, we're not, I don't even know, you're not at the middle. Is There is no middle really, is there to this? Nope. There's just how long <laughs> you've been in it. And when's your next major recommitment point, yeah. right? And I'm four years away from my next major commitment point, right? Wow. It's like being deployed all over again, to a degree. All over again, right? <laughs> yeah. And so there's a lot of thrashing, though. Like, what's yep. the right way to do this? Like, yep. are, my are my pack and friends going to back this in the same way they back some other things? Really, Charlie? Another productivity app? You're doing this? Like, the same basic questions over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? Um I'm using re regret avoidance as the mental model here, yep. right? I know win, lose, or draw five years from now that I'll be like, you know what? I'm glad we did it, and I would not have. Now I would regret never doing it because it might not have worked, and because it was hard, mm -hmm. and because it just it cannibalized a lot of things. Like that's not how I want to be in the world. It's never how I've been, mm -hmm. and so 
Um, it might not work. I'm okay with that. And why not me? You know? Yeah. What I, what I, what I like as we've been going through this conversation is this idea that we have a lot of to-do apps, a lot of them. I don't know, especially, and by the way, I mean, I'm going to dig in deeper. I've not dug in a lot. I'm, I, and I'm going to connect you with Francesco from Keep Productive because I know yeah. that, um, is this is probably an app that leads to more, it's more of a to-be app than a to-do app. Yeah, Mike, you're, you're stealing all my Trojan horses, right? <laughs> um, at the end Dude, of the day, how, like you we, knew this would happen. <laughs> like, look, we sell one way or the other. We sell as productivity people, like doing more stuff. Sure. Like getting more things done. Yep. But really what we teach is how do you focus on what matters most and how do you learn to accept who you are and what you can do in this world and be fully in the moment, be conscious in the moment, be on point in the moment and learn to let go of the things that you can let go of and learn to hold tightly to the things that you cannot. That's what momentum really helps you do. Four or five levels up, you may not see that, but that's what we're about. That's what Productive Flourishing and Charlie has always been about. Momentum is just a tool that helps people do that. Charlie, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me on this live that we've had. Uh, if Again, if you're watching live, thanks for joining us. If, you want, if you're watching this after the fact and you have comments, questions, leave them in the comments below. Uh, if you uh, want to back it, uh, there will be a link in the comments, in the description. If you're watching it live, it's already in the chat. If you're listening to this as a bonus podcast episode, and you're like, wait a minute, what? I didn't get to watch this. You can watch the actual live on YouTube. We'll link to that in the show notes. You can also back Momentum in the uh, show notes as well. There's a plethora, plenty of ways to make this happen. Um, Charlie, again, thanks for, for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this during the campaign as things are, are, are going in motion so we can keep that momentum going. Yeah, buddy. I really appreciate you having me on another great jam. I'm looking forward to, you know, um, the other things we might get into this year. I'm not going to steal any of your thunder on that one, but, um, <laughs> thanks for this jam and I look forward to the next one. All right. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Bye.